Welcome to Connecting Healthcare IT, a podcast dedicated to bringing people together across the healthcare continuum. In each episode, our guests will share their take on a timely and relevant topic that we hope will bring value to our listeners. So thank you for joining us this week. I'm Stephanie Whiting from iMethods and joined today by Cameron Chambers, Manager of Clinical Systems Training and Development at Baptist Health in Jacksonville, Florida. Baptist is one of the largest healthcare providers in Northeast Florida and serves the Jacksonville area with high quality comprehensive care for every stage of life. Baptist is comprised of more than 200 primary care and specialty physician practices, children's specialty clinics, home health care, behavioral health, occupational health, rehabilitation services, and urgent care. Thanks for joining us, Cameron. Good morning, Stephanie, and thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to be here right now. Well, we're so glad you're able to be part of our podcast. So this uh, initiative is really about bringing people together to share best practices in healthcare IT. And I know at Baptist, you worked closely with clinical staff during multiple waves of covid to develop a program that supported patient communications with families while you were optimizing clinical staff to, to focus on actual patient care. Can you share a little bit with us about how that program came to be? Sure. Uh, so in early 2020, uh, that's when COVID struck the country. And of course, uh, the organization Baptist Health Jacksonville and numerous other organizations across the country had to respond back. And part of the response system was how could patients communicate not only with family, uh, but also the clinician team and the provider team. So part of that uh, discovery phase was how could the patients connect to all of these different audiences while staying isolated in the patient rooms? Because at that time, COVID was very fluid. We wasn't sure, you know, what would be the transmission um, everything was still very early, but we wanted to make sure that the patients had the care at the end of the day while the clinical staff and the providers were protected as well as the family members. So part of this uh, initiative was bringing in iPads and using those iPads to install Zoom as the uh, software. And we pretty much placed these iPads in patient rooms so that the patients could not only talk to the nurses and the doctors, but also talk to their family members while they were uh, receiving patient care within the organization. And uh, this also contributed to less burnout to the nurses because the nurses were going to be responsible for maintaining this uh, platform, this initiative, this operational workflow. But uh, we brought in telehealth coordinators to pretty much run the program. So that sounds like a really innovative solution, Cameron. How many telehealth coordinators did you use and how were they deployed at the various hospitals that are part of the Baptist Health System? So we started off between um, six to eight telehealth coordinators and then eventually the program increased in size due to the demand of the initiative across the organization because we have four main hospital campuses uh, within the city, uh, our downtown location, Beaches location, our South location, and our Nassau location. Um, eventually, we grew up to attend telehealth coordinators, and those coordinators were used to not only set up the iPads in the patient rooms, but they also was in charge of maintaining the workflow to allow those providers, those nurses, and family members into these Zoom sessions. And each Zoom session had a breakout room where family members waited while the telehealth coordinators admitted the family members in that patient room where the iPads were located. And same workflow for the providers and the nurses as nurses needed to talk to the patients or as providers needed to talk to the patients, the telehealth coordinators would admit 
the providers and clinicians into that specific Zoom session to talk to that patient. So we wanted to make sure that our privacy was intact, which is why we had those waiting rooms to make sure that the telehealth coordinators admitted the correct family member, doctor or nurse that was taking care of the patient. And at the same time, the telehealth coordinators was going into the room just to make sure that there was that level of communication uh, face-to-face with the patients as well. Wow. So that was a pretty um, comprehensive workflow that you had to develop. And these sound like rather special people, especially since they aren't clinicians and they were putting themselves at some risk going into the room, certainly in those early days prior to vaccines and, and prior to us having a very solid understanding of how the virus works. What kind of impact did the team have on the patients and the clinical staff? I would say the impact was very positive with the patients because during this time, uh, patients were isolated. So patient care was given more on a virtual level unless the providers or nurses absolutely needed to go into the patient room. But having that telehealth coordinator inside of that patient room created that level of uh, human to human interaction. So these patients, they were not able to see their family. For example, husbands and wives or mother, fathers were not able to come in and see their loved ones. So with that person actually being inside of the patient room, it created that level of human interaction that the patients greatly appreciated because for a certain time period, that was the only person they would see on a daily basis. And if that patient was in the hospital for a long period of time, that connection was established and the telehealth coordinators began to serve as sort of a therapist or a counselor, just keeping that patient motivated to um, say, hey, you know, don't give up, keep fighting. And we saw that, you know, the uh, outcomes were great because not only did the patient appreciate having that person inside the room to communicate with, but the family members also appreciated it because the family member knew that that telehealth coordinator was pretty much their line to communicate with their loved one while they were inside of the hospital. So the appreciation level was extremely high for the patients and the family members. Uh, for the nursing team and the provider teams, they also appreciated it as well because the nurses were uh, experiencing high burnout during this time. Um, a lot of patients were coming in at one time, so the volume was high on our senses. So having this workflow incorporated in the hospital setting was one less thing that the nurses and the clinicians had to worry about um, as part of their daily task. And then the providers also appreciated it as well because their patient list is now growing at a high rate. So if they're doing geo rounds across the organization from unit to unit, this is saving them steps while talking to the patients in a virtual way, while also doing that patient documentation and patient care as well. That's amazing. So obviously, these people touch the lives of many patients and families throughout the process. Um, I'm sure not all outcomes were were great, but I imagine they appreciated the the presence of having a lifeline in the room with their with their loved one during this frightening time. Have you received any feedback from the community and your colleagues at Baptist and in the Jacksonville area about how it how it impacted them personally? Yes, uh, on a personal level within the organization, I would say that that level of appreciation and feedback was positive. Uh, We've had patients return back that have made a full recovery saying, you know, thank you to the telehealth team, the care team, etc. But 
It's just the moment where they actually bring gifts to the telehealth coordinators to show that level of appreciation saying, hey, like I couldn't have made it without you because you kept me connected to my family. And that was the only way that I was able to stay motivated and keep fighting when I felt like giving up. Um, We also have some sad stories, too, that, you know, touched us all. Uh, Those patients that didn't make it, didn't make a full recovery. Um, They spent their final moments talking to their loved ones through the telehealth program platform. So family would come up to the hospital and say, you know, my husband or my mother, father, et cetera, didn't make it. But I was able to say, you know, my final goodbyes, express my love one last time because of you all through this program. Uh, I would say also just throughout the community, just like heartfelt warm messages saying, hey, you know, we're all in this together. Um, But this is one extra step to make sure we're all connected at the end of the day, to make sure that the patients that were isolated still had some form of human interaction at the end of the day. So I would say the feedback was extremely positive, not only from a patient level, um, but also a family member and also a clinician level as well, because that was one less workflow that they had to take on um, part of their daily task. And the clinicians saw the positive feedback that was coming from the patients as far as like their improvement levels, um, the discharge rate, um, them leaving the organization in a healthier way. And everyone just thanked the telehealth team, you know, for their efforts. That's incredible and and very moving. I mean, some of the, the stories you've shared have just been, you know, touching and heart wrenching, but it sounds like, you know, all in all, it was both a... Um, a success in terms of the relationships with the patients and helping them through it, but really also a great way to optimize your staff during the the surges. With the telehealth team that you had during that first phase, did you have to re-engage them in subsequent surges? Did they come back? Did they leave and come back or did they stay on? Yeah, so we did have to restart the program up to three times uh, during this whole COVID battle. Uh, The first wave lasted between uh, four and five months But when the wave uh, started to decrease with the patient volume within the organization, we did end the contract for the telehealth coordinators. But of course, as the holiday season approached, uh, the patient volume and our COVID census increased. So we did have to bring back the coordinators again during the holiday season. And then as the uh, warmer months approached, the surge fell. So we let the contractors go again. But of course, we had new variants come out. And then once again, our patient volume increased. So we did have to bring the telehealth coordinators back for a third time. Uh, And we just ended our contracts last month for uh, the third time. So throughout the different waves and the surges, we did have to uh, re-engage and disengage the telehealth coordinators as uh, the patient volume increased and decreased. Well, hopefully this latest wave doesn't drive a ton of hospitalizations so that you guys can, um, you know, keep moving forward without having so many sick patients in the hospital. Um, so because the technology and the process is so innovative and it was so successful in so many ways, have you guys thought about other opportunities to leverage a similar approach using like a Zoom platform and a remote person, whether they're in a in a breakout room or in with the patient? So just to facilitate more streamlined communications for regular care? Yeah, so we did have some uh, high-level conversations around how could we use this uh, integration and workflow for 
a more internal use for patient care, not only for our COVID patients, but just general care as a whole. Uh, some of the thoughts and feedback included uh, our primary care space. So, of course, telehealth visits seem to be the new norm now. So connecting the patients to their uh, primary care providers, um, that's already in place for certain providers and certain um, certain service lines. But just making that more of a general theme, that way is integrated throughout the entire organization. We've also thought about doing it from for some of our service lines, like our internal medicine providers or our uh, ERG providers that are spread out across the organization and they have to perform geo-rounding like our internal medicine providers. So having those providers connect with patients that may be across the campus that they just meet, they may need to check in on uh, just to say, hey, like, how's your, how's your progress, you know, improving? Um, do you need anything? Do you need a consult, et cetera? That way it saves the providers less steps as they're uh, taking care of patients throughout their day. Well, this is a truly inspiring program that has made the difference in so many lives. And in summary, it sounds like the program was successful because it really put patients first and it lifted a tremendous burden of frontline communications off the clinician's shoulders, especially the nurses who could then go focus on delivering care to a rising population of COVID patients. And then if I'm hearing you correctly, your advice to others would be, um, as they try similar out-of-the-box sort of ideas and solutions to let yourself make mistakes and learn from them. Yes, I would totally agree with that. The key thing is just, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Um, this was a very fluid project with a lot of new ideas involved. So on that third point, do not be afraid to make mistakes because a lot of mistakes were made in the beginning, but we took those mistakes and we had lesson learned opportunities. And that's how we had this whole program become successful because we learned from those mistakes. We move forward. We practice all of those successful measures. And then we had this great outstanding program that just served the community in a uh, very successful way. Well, thank you so much, Cameron, for spending time with us today. It's a great story. We appreciate you sharing the details of the program with us. It's really an outstanding example of necessity being the mother of invention. And to our audience, thanks for listening. Join us next time for more meaningful discussion around best practices in healthcare IT.